Now be honest, we're in church, okay? You always love sermons that start off that way, right? What's he gonna say? Uh, Really simply, be honest, when you heard the FaceTime thing go off at the beginning, how many of you checked your phone? Anybody? Okay, all of y'all are liars. We'll talk about that later in the sermon. (laughs) I was watching this a few times uh, at our house and my, my kids would come in and say, Dad, who are you FaceTiming? I'm like, no, this is a sermon buffer for our new series, The Great Commission, that we're starting uh, today. And it's a special day as we start this series. And the reality is, I don't know if you picked up on that, uh, all those people are in our church, Phoenix Bible Church, right in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona, but they're representing a lot of other nations. And so really, they could have preached the sermon, they could have preached the series just with that video. Because if you know Matthew 28, the the crux of the passage is this, it's make disciples of all nations. Make literally the word disciple means learner, apprentice, worshiper. Make disciples, learners, worshipers of Jesus Christ throughout all the nations. Acts 1-8 will tell us to the ends of the earth. Different tribes, tongues, languages, we see that at the very end in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, that we see all these people, a multi-ethnic family wrapped around the glory of Christ. And that video just preached that to you because guess what? It's happening. You just heard different languages, different tribes, different tongues, people from different nations that are here at Phoenix Bible Church in 2021 who know Jesus, who are following Jesus, who are learning from Jesus, who are disciples of Jesus, and they're on a video calling you to do the same. I think they just could have preached the sermon. We could say amen and just go home, amen? But we're not going to do that. So I hope you said amen, but we're still going to preach the sermon, but this is, this is what I'm so excited about going into this series. Listen, we've been through a lot of things. We, we've talked about them over the last several weeks. We've talked about anxiety and crisis and hurry and all the chaos that our world is experiencing, and you need to know as Christ followers, as disciples of Jesus, if you consider yourself one, the best thing we can do in the midst of all the chaos is come back to our calling. The best thing we can do while our world is panicking is zero in on our purpose. And this is our purpose. It's not about budgets or buildings or butts and seats. It is about disciples of Jesus making other disciples to the ends of the earth till we get to see that picture in Revelation 7 verse 9 of all people from all nations and all tribes and all languages wrapped around the glory of Christ worshiping him forever. Are you excited to be at church today? Are you excited to be a disciple of Jesus in the midst of a chaotic world? This is your calling. This is your purpose. If you're wondering how to make a difference, this is where it starts. We are disciples of Jesus. We make disciples of Jesus to the ends of the earth. That's what we're about. And so we're going to talk about that for the next three weeks. We're going to unpack Matthew 28, 16 through 20, and and see what does this really look like? So if you don't hear everything today of like, Tim, what does this really look like in this situation? That's when we're going to spend three weeks on it. Uh, So I hope you'll come back for it. Another thing I hope you'll do throughout this series is memorize this passage, at the very least, 18, 19, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey or observe everything I have commanded you. 
Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Memorize that. Why? Because we're legalistic and we just worry about memorizing. No, no, no. Because there's so many other lesser purposes out there that are going to fight for your attention. And so I want this ever before you. So memorize at least verse 18 through 20. Put it up on your dash. Remind yourself in a chaotic time, this is my call. And so I, I encourage you to come back for all three weeks as we unpack this together. I encourage you to memorize this. I encourage you to start now, inviting someone along in the journey. Uh, maybe that's to church. I would love that. Maybe you share this video. would love that. Maybe you share one of the previous sermons on one of those felt needs that maybe be more applicable to somebody. Do one of those things. But listen, you can start today with the Super Bowl. I don't know if y'all know that. It's happening today. The Cowboys aren't in it, so I checked out a long time ago, just to be honest with you. But I do want to eat some apps, and I do want to hang out with some people. And so in a COVID-conscious way, maybe you just invite somebody to watch the Super Bowl today. We start somewhere. We start today making disciples who make disciples. This is the Great Commission, and this is our series. So uh, here's where we're going. If you'd like to see where we're going ahead of time in a series, here's where we're going. The first week today is the grace of going. Next week is the diversity of discipleship. And the last week is the success of obedience. So that's where we're headed over these next three weeks. And today's title is The Grace of Going. I'm going to read that text again for us. I'm not going to read it in all those languages. I wish I could, but you'll have to settle just for English on this one. But let's read it together and let's break it down together. Verse 16, let's start there. It says this, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our first question we're going to ask, we're just going to ask two questions today. The first question is, who's going? He says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Who's, who's going? The second question we're going to ask is, where are we going? What is the end game? What, where are we going to? What is Jesus calling us to in this great commission? So the first thing is, who's going? Well, we see it in verse 16. Look at the verse. It says, now the 11 disciples went up to Galilee, and Jesus began to speak to them. So we see the disciples are going in this case, and this is what is known in throughout church history as the great commission to the disciples and to all who would be disciples of Jesus. It's the great commission, but it's not the first commission. You see, who's going? It's not just, just these disciples starting in Matthew 28. It's all people throughout all of Scripture. You see, we have this from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham, where God calls Abraham, and he says to Abraham, go to a land I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you, and through you, I'm going to bless all the people on the earth. Genesis, the very beginning of our Bibles. We see not the Great Commission, but we see this first commission to go and be a blessing to all people. We see it in Jonah, where we see God tells Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh. And if you know the story of Jonah and the great fish, he didn't want to go, right? because those weren't his people. 
And but God nevertheless says, go over and over in the book of Jonah. He says, go, Jonah. This is my desire. This is my purpose for you. And Isaiah, we see Isaiah respond to God's call to go, and he says, here am I, send me. We see God himself going. That for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. 1 John 4, 9 says that God sent Jesus into the world so that we might live through him. That God himself went. He was a going God. Jesus doesn't expect us to come to him in heaven. He comes to earth and not to a temple or not just to a religious elite. He comes to the world, to all the chaos of the world, to all the sinners of the world. Jesus was called the friend of sinners. Jesus Christ, the son of God, comes all the way. He goes all the way to the sinner. This is the narrative of scripture. This is the great commission. Who's going? It's the disciples. It's us who would follow after the disciples, but it's all people going to all sorts of places. This is the narrative of the whole Bible. And what I love about it is we see who's going. We see that it's worshipers and doubters. Did you notice that? Verse 17, it says, when they saw him, they see Jesus and they worshiped him but some doubted. Now you gotta picture the scene. Remember the timeline. We're at the very end of the book of Matthew. Jesus has lived the perfect life. He has died a death in our place for our sin and he has resurrected and he has beat death. Sin, Satan, and the grave is defeated. And they are talking with Jesus. And they're seeing him doing what he said he would do. In a moment, he's going to say, all authority has been given unto me. That word authority is really interesting. It's this combination of two words in the original language, might and right. And Jesus is saying all authority has been given to me, but he's shown it through the cross and the resurrection. He's put it on display. And all the other times when the disciples were doubting, that hadn't happened yet. But now it has. But it says some worshiped and some doubted. So who's going? Worshippers and the doubters. I don't know if in your translation, he separated those two and said, okay, worshipers over here, doubters over here. Splitting you guys up into teams. I mean, doubters, you go over to the Sea of Galilee, you collect shells. Don't mess this thing up. But worshipers, yes, you deserve, you're coming with me. We're going to go on this great commission together. We're going to see to the ends of the earth, disciples of mine made, the world reconciled to God. Worshipers, you're coming with me. I'm going to discard these doubters. Is that what he did? My translation says he immediately, he still goes to them and says, yeah, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. And I got to think some of those people that were just doubting thought, you sure? Me? I got to think today, some of us come into this room, especially in 2021, coming off 2020, and maybe you've had some doubts, some hesitations in your faith, some questions. Maybe some of you doubt you feel ill-equipped. You doubt you have capacity. You're thinking, Tim, go into all the nations, make other disciples of Jesus. I'm doing my best to be a disciple of Jesus in Phoenix, Arizona. 
And maybe some of you have doubts. Maybe some of you get really excited about sermons on anxiety and fear because those, those help me, those recharge me, those, those strengthen me. But when you think about going to others, you have some doubts. And even if that is you today, Jesus is not splitting us up on teams. He is charging you with this same great commission. Why? How could Jesus do that? Because all authority was given to him, not you, not your skills, not your ability to to memorize Bible verses, not even your capacity. All authority was given to Jesus. And so he sees the people worshiping. He sees the people doubting. And he says, we can do this because all authority has been given to me. I have the might and I have the right and I will enable you to go on this mission even if you don't think you can. How many of you doubt? How many of you doubt, especially when it comes to a sermon series like this and you think, okay, Tim, this is where you get all weird on me and tell me I need to go share the gospel with everybody I meet and I need to, those people downtown that are holding up the signs, I need to nudge them over and say, hey, can I hold the sign with you? And I need to start yelling at people about hell and all those things. And Tim, this is where it gets a little weird. I'm just, I just want to come to church, get recharged for my week, and maybe love my friends and my spouse better. And how many of you doubt that like this great commission, this making disciples of all nations, I mean, that's for the elite Christian. That's for the professional Christian. That's for you, Tim. But I don't know if that's for me. And Jesus right away says, yes, it is for you. And how is it for you? Because there's a grace of going. Because you have the authority of Jesus Christ. If you know him, if you follow him, if you're learning from him, if you're worshiping him, if you're his disciples, you have his authority within you. The one who beat death can beat your doubt. Amen? That's what Jesus is inviting us to. It is a grace to go. A little bit later, he's going to say, Behold, that means look like I know you, you might have been listening, but, but now really listen. Look at me. Behold, I want you to know this. It's the very last thing he says in all of the book. He says, behold, I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. Friends, this is a purpose not only connected to a power all authority is given to me. This is a purpose connected to a, a promise that's rooted in his presence. This is an invitation for impact and intimacy with your creator. This is what you are designed for. And it is assured, the reason why we can watch a video of people from all different nations proclaiming this text about all different nations is because this is empowered by the very power, the authority of Jesus Christ himself. This is assured and guaranteed. He put his stamp on this and said, I will be with you. We are going to do this together. So it's a grace of going. How many of you see the Great Commission that way? How many of you see sharing the gospel with your friends that way? I read a study in Lifeway Research that said something around 61% in a study that they did of church-going people, people like yourself, people that are watching online, 61% of those people said they've shared the gospel or invited somebody to church or invited somebody into their life, into their faith in the last six months. Most of us, the reality is, the way, why we're not doing that is because we doubt. 
because we, we don't see it as a grace. We don't see it as an invitation. We don't see as God is with us. We see it as a burden, not a, not a blessing. And so we need to reframe this and see this is the invitation for intimacy with God and for impact in his world. And he's guaranteed it success. And you and I are evidence of that right now. Do you see it that way? If we saw it that way, it wouldn't be 61% of people, of Christians, churchgoers, inviting their friends to church. It'd be 100. I was thinking about it this way. In Scripture, and specifically the New Testament, the church is often called the body of Christ, right? So like a chapter like Romans 12 talks about the body of Christ is working together, all these different members working together so that it would function properly, And think about that 61% of people sharing the gospel, the Great Commission. 61% of the people are doing that. So there's a lot of people who aren't doing that. Now, going back to that body analogy, we're the the body of Christ. How does your body work? Does it work if 61% of your organs are working? Not very well. You will be in the hospital, right? So why would we think it any different in the body of Christ? All of our members working together, all of us on this great commission, not caught up in the chaos, not confused about our purpose, but zeroing in on our calling and understanding the grace of the calling and then enacting that in our world. The reason a lot of churches, the reason our church can become stagnant at times, the reason churches are not impacting the world as we ought in a crazy time where people actually need the gospel of Jesus Christ is because different members of our body were holding back. We're not acting as a sent people, we're acting as a selfish people. And we're saying, hey, I need the gathering of the body of Christ. I need what we're experiencing today just to recharge me. We just have such a shallow view of our purpose. It just needs to recharge me. It just needs to equip me to go about my week and and, and to, to think good thoughts and all those sorts of things to pray better. And God has more for you than that. You're part of the body of Christ. And there is a grace in going. And we all function together. We will impact the world. We're already seeing it, even right here in Phoenix Bible Church. Now, a lot of us, I think as we see this word disciple, we think, okay, well, Tim, uh, I know Jesus. Um, I put my faith in him at some point in my life, and, but I, I don't know if I'm actively following Jesus. I don't know if I'm acti- actively learning from Jesus and worshiping Jesus enough like enough to be equipped to help go tell someone else to do that. If that's the bar that I'm inviting other people to, shouldn't I be meeting that before I I see them meet that? And what I would say to you is your first response, if you're tracking with me today, your first question you need to ask and response you need to give is, have I been a recipient of this great commission first? Are you in awe of the grace that you were made a disciple as well. You see, because that's how this starts. I want you to picture this scene with me. Jesus is in Galilee. If you put it on a map, we have Israel, the nation of Israel. You have Jerusalem down here. Galilee is north of that. And they went up on a mountain. So they're in a Jewish context in the nation of Israel. And Jesus is talking to these disciples and he's telling them, I want you to make disciples of all nations. Acts 1.8, 
He says it really specifically. I want you to start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And if you can just picture that geographically. And again, I don't know if I need to say this, but I think I do. Jesus was not in America, right? And so sometimes here's where we start with making disciples. And here's why we think the whole, I got to be living the standard, invite other people to the standard. And I got to go to, where do I need to go? Mexico. I need to go to overseas. I need to go to Japan, all these other places. And we think about it that way because we don't realize you are first a recipient of this great commission. Jesus was not in America. Jesus was in Israel. Guess what, friends? If you're here today and you call yourself a believer in Jesus, you are a recipient of this great commission first. Before you're an actor of it, an inactor of it, you're a recipient. The reason the gospel of Jesus Christ passed through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, friends, they would have thought Phoenix was the ends of the earth. And if you believe the gospel, if you are singing that you will build your life on the love of Christ a few moments ago, you are a recipient first and foremost of this great commission. Wrap your mind around that. 2,000 years later, people have made disciples who have made disciples and spread out across East Asia and the Middle East, and they've come out across waters to what we now call America and to what we now call Phoenix. First, wrap your mind. That's the first question. That's the first response. God, really, you you made disciples who made disciples, and I get to be a part of that. And then, yes, we go. And we go back to the Middle East, and we go to all the nations, and we go across seas, but we also go across the street. But first, we have to understand that we've been recipients of this great commission before we can become enactors of it. That's where we need to start. Not do I meet some standard. Because I promise you, if you understand the gravity of what I just described, if we had some maps up here, maybe it would mean a lot more to you. If you understood what you're a part of, what you have received, that would launch you out to go. Because that's what I've seen. I, I preached a, a men's retreat once a few years ago, and uh, it was about half uh, Christian, just normal churchgoers at a suburbia church around Phoenix. And it was the other half was all guys who used to be in prison who got let out of prison just to come to this retreat. And it was an awesome crowd, let me just tell you. And because you could tell the churchgoers from suburbia, they were a little bit uncomfortable when all the other ex-prisoners were raising their hands in awe of who Jesus was, who were coming up to me. One guy got weird. One guy asked me to sign his Bible. And I said, you don't want me to sign that. Jesus already signed it. The Holy Spirit signed it. But he was just so excited of what God had saved him out of. He couldn't contain it. And those guys, they had a time at the end of the retreat where they would all get up on stage and they would share their story and they would share the brokenness that they had been saved from. They would share the chains that had been holding them for so many years. And for many of them, it was in prison, ironically, where those chains were unshackled. And you know what I didn't have to do is I didn't have to tell them how to make disciples. I didn't have to tell them, hey, you need to be checking all the, are you a learner? Are you a worshiper? Are you a follower? And are you doing that in a certain way so you can go tell other people how to do that? I didn't have to educate them. I didn't have to give them a class, a one-on-one in making disciples. They just were so in awe, the grace of going, they wanted to do it. And they shared what they had seen and what they had heard because that's where it starts. And that's where it starts for us. 
I remember seeing my wife when I was pursuing her in college. And when I say pursuing her, what I mean to say is when I was uh, figuring out her class schedule so I could accidentally run into her on campus. And when I was doing that, that's another story for another day. When I was doing that, I remember one time seeing my wife who was beautiful, but I saw her beauty in a different way. I saw her on our college campus, 21 years old, with a girl by her side, a Bible, and another person, and they were sharing the gospel, and she was teaching this other girl next to her how to share the gospel with this other person. And I remember, that is so freaking hot. <laughs> and that was my first response. And then I, and I remember thinking, and I asked her, was that like an assignment for a class? <laughs> Was that, is that like some rewards? Is this like a marketing scheme? Like you do that enough times, like you get the BMW, like, and she's like, no, no, no. And, and we got to know each other and we started dating. We got married. So I got to hear the real story. Here was the story. You know why my wife was with another girl with a Bible sharing the gospel? So beautiful. You know why she was doing that? Because her grandfather, my wife's Indian, her grandfather was in an orphanage in India and if you know anything about India, Hinduism, Muslim faith, Islam, atheism, Christianity, not so much. Her grandfather was in an orphanage in India who literally didn't know what it mean, meant to have a good father. And a British missionary went to that orphanage in India where my wife's grandfather was, and he presented the gospel to him. And he pointed him, even though you don't have a good father, you have a perfect heavenly father, and he loves you, and this is the plan from scripture for your life, and this is what you can experience in his grace. And my wife began to share the lineage of her family. Are you tracking with me? And how her grandfather was made a disciple of all nations, and he was baptized, and then he raised his kids, and he pointed them to the same Jesus he was pointed to, and he invited them to become a disciple of Jesus, and they came to America, and they had my wife, and they began to point her to the same gospel, to the same discipleship, and she said, that's why I'm on this campus, because I realized the miracle of what I first received, and now I want to extend it to other people. That's where it starts. So who's going? It is people who have been saved by the grace of God and are now sent by the grace of God. Do we need to learn some stuff? Do we need to go through doctrine? Absolutely. Is there more to this? Yes, that's why this is a three-week series, not a one-week sermon. But friends, I think we start in the wrong place all the time. And we miss the grace of going. Don't miss that today. That's where it starts. So some of you are thinking, is that point one? <laughs> it is. We were going to primarily spend all of our time on point one. I should have told you that at the beginning. Just everybody take a deep breath. Okay. Point two, question two, which is brief. Where are we going? What's the point of all this? Verse 19 tells us again, make disciples of all nations. Acts 1.8 tells us, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Here's where we're going. We're going to all people with all of Jesus. Right, verse 20, behold, I'm gonna be with you even until the end of the age. Make disciples of all nations. Behold, I'm gonna be with you to the very end. We are going to all people 
with all of Jesus. That's where we're going. We're not just going to a class. We're not just going to a church building. We're not just going to get filled up or get fed. We are going to people that God has put people in your life. And listen, the reason why Acts 1.8, he starts in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth is because we start where we are to all people. We start across the street. Do we go across seas? Yes, but we start across the street, right where God has placed you. We go to people. We begin to see people. This is important in our time that we live in today. We begin to see people as people that Jesus Christ, God himself, entered into human history, became flesh, and he died for. We start seeing people as the purpose not following a list of laws, not becoming better people ourselves, we start to see through a lens of, hey, success, the measure of success for the church. If Jesus is coming, then we are going. If Jesus is bringing a Revelation 7, 9, multi-ethnic family, all people, all nations coming to all of Jesus, if that is what is coming, then we start going to those people now. This is where we're going. And so my question for you today is, are you going there with us? And I don't just mean like with us, like me and my wife with the Bible. (laughs) I mean with the us of Scripture, with the Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, when he says, hey, you're going to go to a land I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you, and through you, I'm going to bless all the peoples of the earth. Are you going with us? Have you become a disciple and are you making disciples? This is, for Phoenix Bible Church, this is the banner over everything in our church. If you're new to our church, this is a good time to come to learn, hey, what's this church about? What are you guys really into? This is what we're into. And people will debate that all the time in in church history. Hey, well, isn't the primary goal of the church fellowship? Aren't we supposed to be a community like Acts 2, like selling our possessions, giving it to others and and coming together, breaking bread together? Isn't that what the, the ultimate purpose of the church is supposed to be? Some people will say, hey, is it holiness, sanctification, being set apart? Shouldn't we just be trying to follow Jesus more, abide in him more, leave sin behind more? Isn't that the purpose? Isn't praise the purpose of the church? Shouldn't we come into a place like this and give glory to God and praise him? And listen, all of those are purposes that fall under the bigger purposes of making disciples of all nations, of bringing all of humanity, all peoples, getting all of Jesus and all holiness and gathering together to praise God and coming together as a community, it all pushes us towards that end. Are you participating with us, with the us of Scripture, with the us that will be in Revelation 7, chapter, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, that multi-ethnic family? wrapped around the glory of Christ. Are you participating in that? If you're not, you're missing out on the greatest joy of your life, the greatest purpose you could ever be given. That's our goal. So we have a slide that talks about what this looks like practically, but it it does. It looks like going across seas, but it also looks like going across seas, apostrophe S, C, apostrophe S, churches, I really just, I had to do that. Uh, I don't know if y'all, I'm a nerd. Sorry about that. But I just was like, should I? But I couldn't help it. But it's true, right? 
we go across seas. We're part of an organization called Converge. Some of y'all caught that in our prayer journal. It's like church plants. What is this? We need to talk about that more because we do. We invest money in churches all across the world. Converge specifically, that's our, our organization, the way we do that across seas, both seas. You know what I'm saying? Is we invest money in this so unreached people groups can come to know Jesus? My wife and I were at a conference two years ago. We got to hear story after story of that happening. And you guys give money to that. Part of our budget goes to that. Uh, we're hiring an associate pastor. Clap for that. And the way that ties into today, amongst other things, and you'll hear about that more in the next coming weeks, is one of his goals and one of the reasons we're bringing him on. We're going to bring him on for a lot of things. But one of the bring, reasons we're bringing him on is hey, we've been talking about taking short-term mission trips. We've done it a little bit here and there. We want to expose you to the nations. And so we want to go across seas. We want to partner with other churches. We want to be about cheering other churches on, like Roosevelt Community Church, like New City Church, like North Phoenix Baptist Church. And, and all of you thinking, Tim, should you be giving out their names? I'll give you their addresses if you want. I'm not scared about you going to another church. Did you not just hear what we're a part of? This is the mission, the great commission. It's gonna take more than one church to do that. So I meet with other pastors, we share our sermon ideas, and I don't care if they use my great illustrations. I, that, 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 if that helps somebody come to know Jesus in North Phoenix, fantastic. This is the great commission, it's gonna be across seas. It's gonna be across churches but it also starts just across the street. See, don't, don't miss the big impact with the small steps. We've seen it in our church. Uh, several years ago, there was a girl named, there still is a girl named Sarah Solomon, the ghost of Phoenix Bible Church. In fact, she was on that video. Four years ago about, I met Sarah after church at Phoenix Bible Church, and I was just talking to her, and I was like, hey, how are you doing? Where are you from? And I quickly realized she is not from here. And she has this beautiful Italian accent. And she starts to tell me, I'm from Italy, I came here to go to school. I said, yeah, tell me about that. How did you, from Italy, you landed in Phoenix, parachuted in Phoenix, how did you find Phoenix Bible Church? So she starts to tell me the story and she said, you know what, don't you know Colin? <laughs> and it took me a few minutes and she's like, Colin from Scotland. And I was like, oh yeah, I know Colin. So yeah, Colin told me about Phoenix Bible Church. And then you should know this about Colin. Colin lived in Scotland. He came to Austin, Texas, because he had an interest to make disciples of all nations, and he wanted to work for a church, and he wanted to intern at a church. And so he got coffee with me totally randomly in Austin, Texas, from Scotland. And we had coffee together, and he was asking about an internship at our church in Austin. It didn't work out because of visas and passports and things like that. But he ended up from Scotland to Austin, Texas, to Italy. He ended up interning at a church in Italy where the girl in our church now went to church. Sarah Solomon, she's coming to America. He's talking to her in his church in Italy. And he says, where are you going? He's, she, she says, Phoenix. And he says, I know a guy in Phoenix. His name's Tim Birdwell. I think they went from Austin. They planted a church in Phoenix. Yeah, you should go there like as soon as you get there. So her first Sunday in Phoenix, she was at Phoenix Bible Church. From a conversation over a cup of coffee that didn't work out with a guy from Scotland who moved to Italy, 
who told a girl in Italy to come here. And let me just tell you, she was on that video. She was on the video speaking this over you, this great commission that she has first been a recipient of. She was speaking it in Italian. She just got married in this church two weeks ago. Come on, somebody. Don't miss the big impact that can happen in a small step. Invite somebody to the Super Bowl party, COVID distance, of course. Invite, share this video online. Tell somebody what Jesus has done in your life. There's a grace of going, and we don't have to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it. Amen? Take your step today. What's God calling you to do today? A word, a deed, a prayer, a share, small step could be huge impact. Let's consider that as we pray. Father, thank you for letting us be a part of what you're doing in the world. Father, thank you for saving us. God, by your grace, by your grace through the cross, through the resurrection, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you called us to yourself. God, you started this great commission in Israel. We're sitting here in Phoenix, Arizona in 2021, and we're a testimony that this great commission will not fail. You have assured its success. And like a kid who's learning how to drive and just using the steering wheel and the dad's pressing the gas and really holding the steering wheel, God, we just get to hold the wheel and experience the joy. They go, I'm driving. It's all you. Help us to realize the grace of going and that we might begin going, that we would realize you are coming and we might begin going to our friends, to people who don't look like us, to people who desperately need Jesus Christ. Help us to go to them now. It's in the name and for the fame of Jesus Christ we pray and we go. Amen.